0: Imagine people whose voices are raised in incredible harmony. Imagine Tuesday night socials and Saturday potlucks. Imagine Twitter feeds filled with the latest sweets on the fallen leader. Imagine victims receive slander as they speak the truth of their experience. Imagine two groups of people yelling fiercely at each other across the aisle. Let me ask you a question. Did you imagine the church? The church, the physical structure of a church, holds humans within these conflicting identities, perfect voices in tune, and yet disunity in the pews. My first experience with church was this place of tradition without explanation. As I continued exploring faith, I tried out a bunch of different churches in Charlottesville. The church can so easily be perceived as this place you go to once a week, but in reality, the church is a body of people who confess faith in Jesus Christ. How that faith plays out from building to building may vary, but it's helpful to name the contradictions the church holds, even if it isn't comfortable.
1: It's it's interesting because I remember visiting UVA as, I think I was 17, and going to one of the 5.15 p.m. Sunday Masses at St. Thomas Aquinas, which is the university parish here, but it also exists to serve um, not just the university students, but, like, it is, like, a a full parish in Charlottesville. Um, And I remember at that Mass just, like, having a deep impression of being home and knowing that I would be spending a lot of my time at UVA at St. Thomas, which four years later has since proven to be true. Um, Yeah, so... It's beautiful as, like, a young, like, college-age Catholic to be a part of it, like, like, a parish and not just a Newman Center, because at St. Thomas we have, you know, we have young kids, we have um, middle school programs, high school programs, like, there's a pop and senior ministry, like, you just see, you see the church, like, in all ages and stages of life, and so it's been a blessing as a college student to get to witness Like, okay, like, this is what my life as a Catholic is going to look like after I graduate Um, and to get to be a part of different parish ministries. First and second year, I helped with the middle school ministry, um, kind of like middle school Sunday school, and led a few small groups and participated in, like, the catechesis, which is the teaching, and absolutely loved it. And it was a really cool opportunity to get to know not only the kids who I've now seen progress, like, through high school um, during my time at UVA, but also to get to know some of the adults who were leading and the young adults who were past college age but are part of the parish. Um, yeah, so I feel like so much of my life um, in Catholic Hoos is also defined by my life as a part of the St. Thomas Aquinas Parish, um, like participating in the sacraments, like at Easter, um, you know, going to all of the like Triduum Masses and seeing people come into the church at the Easter Vigil Um, and, you know, Stations of the Cross. You've got, you know, a bunch of students, but also a bunch of families there. Um, And it's been beautiful to see students and families become friends with each other, families having students over for dinner, students babysitting, St. Thomas family kids. Uh, And part of it, too, is that there are just like not very many Catholic parishes in Charlottesville. And so St. Thomas is the one that is like proximate and it is like the literal space that we use for catholic who's as well like catholic who's things so it's like the church is our home um i live with um girls who are in other christian fellowships at uva and know a lot of people who are part of other christian fellowships at uva and even know people in catholic who's who are also um part of like Kai alpha iv things like that um and they will refer to like kind of like church shopping like going around and trying out the different Churches in Charlottesville, but it's something where like on Sundays they have to coordinate rides to get to their churches and like you might be in the same core group as other people, but you're going to a different church in a different service and you're kind of part of a different community by virtue of that. And so it was really nice that all of Catholic Who's whether you're super involved in Catholic Who's or you're like tangentially involved every Sunday, we're all together in the same place um, and like in one central church. And something else that I think is, like, one of my favorite parts about being Catholic is that we have mass daily, um, and not just on Sundays, so you can go any other day of the week that you would like to. And so you'll go to any given 8 a.m. mass or 5:15 mass at St. Thomas, and you'll see a bunch of students, but also, like, the whole parish. And so it's not just, I, I think that that helps solidify, or it helps, like, integrate the students into the parish even better, because, It's not just once a week um, at, like, a large mass that we're all coming together, but it's every day. Like, we're, you know, lecturing and, like, serving in the mass alongside parishioners. Um, And, in fact, one of the parishioners who one of our students became close with came and, like, spoke at our Tuesday supper last night. So it's neat to see the way that, like, the consistency of being of all Catholic who's, like, students pretty much being part of St. Thomas has, like, born in
2: outside relationships. I think that my church community is in Charlottesville. And so like during COVID, for example, I still tuned in and like did virtual services at Charlottesville Community Church, which is where I attend um, when I'm here. And I, I definitely, even like my first year when we were talking about like winter break, because that was the first time that I had gone back home. Um, I was like, yeah, I think Charlottesville is like my spiritual home, but this is just where my family lives. Um, and I think it's been really cool to see like, since becoming Christian, I guess, like, seven years ago-ish? Six or seven years ago? Um, how much God has, like, softened my parents and my sister's heart. Um, it has been wonderful. Um, all the churches around here, I feel like, start with C, probably just because Charlottesville. So, you know, there's, like, CCC, there's community churches, there's city churches, there's all the churches. Um, and I, I've i just really enjoyed it to see, like, different parts of the city, um, getting to hang out with, like, families and not just college students. So, yeah, I would say overall it's really positive. And I, I I think something that I've been learning over the past year or so, and, like, especially um, looking toward, like, graduation when, like, you know, fellowships or, like, college ministry isn't going to necessarily be, like, my primary source of community anymore, but, like, a church will be. And just, like, what does it mean um, to be a member of a church and to be submitted um, and, like, be part of, like, that body of Christ? And I think that's been cool to kind of explore when I'm, like, in an in-between place, when I can have, like, one foot in a fellowship and one foot in, um in like, a city church community. I've been going to Charlottesville Community Church for, well, like, going is a strong word because it implies, you know, physical presence, but the pandemic changed that a little bit. But, like, for, like, a year and a half-ish, maybe, two years um, before that, I went to Portico Church, and then I've, like, been, you know, like, once or twice to, like, City Church, um, Trinity think university baptist church maybe once so yeah probably not a lot actually and that's actually something that i really enjoy um is just getting to meet people from other fellowships and i'm really thankful just getting to like kind of expand my social circles a little bit um because it's really easy to kind of fall into like homogeneity even if uh, i mean because i feel like Kyle is relatively diverse but i guess because we're all in the same fellowship we have some sort of like unifying underlying underpinning thing um and so just getting to be with like people from like crew and navs and even some like ruf and gcf um that's been that's been cool
3: the same friend who brought me to iv brought me to the church that i attend my first sunday in Charlottesville, I went to Trinity Presbyterian Church because I didn't really know too many of the churches that were around, which is my own fault. I researched a lot, and I didn't research this, which is uncharacteristic for me, but I just ended up there. And it was all right, but I I knew it wasn't for me. It was a larger church, which, again, I look for intimate community, and so that was a pretty big thing off the bat that I just wasn't really as comfortable with. So my second Sunday, I went to Charlottesville Community Chapel, or CCC, and that was really, really cool. They do a great job of specifically reaching out to the college students who show up at their church. And uh, it felt really welcoming, met some cool people, and that, that was great. But then my friend, the next week, invited me to a place called Jefferson Park Baptist Church. And... He stuck with that along with his girlfriend at the time, and I was quite close with both of them. And so the three of us attended there for um, all of the school year up until COVID hit. And I I made some really, really good friends there who were not students at UVA, as well as a couple who were doing graduate work at UVA, which was really cool. So just meeting more people in different sort of life stages was really important for me in terms of building a community and really feeling a part of Charlottesville as a place and not just a part of UVA. Plus, I enjoyed the music. The songs that they sing are really meaningful to me. And the preaching was pretty good, though at this point I disagree with a decent amount of it some of the time it's it's really interesting to me because over this is my 3rd school year at UVA and I'm still going to Jefferson Park and I'm still serving that community they had an event last weekend and so I helped out with one of the meals that they were providing along with this family who kind of semi adopted me when I started going going there and so it really feeling a part of the community has been a huge piece of my church experience here both in terms of putting myself out there to try and build those relationships and then people also just being really really welcoming and that's that's a huge blessing to me I've attended this church for so long now and I, I believe that being grounded is so huge and something that you'll see in my relationships within Christian community and without Christian community is it only matters so much having different beliefs. If I care about you as a person, and you're a part of a community that that I'm participating in, and this is a relationship that I want to invest in, it really doesn't matter our differences in belief. We can have super fun conversations about points of agreement and disagreement, but the community and the commitment to the relationship is the most important thing. So that carries over from just my social circles into my church life as well. It's been really funny because when I started going to Jefferson Park, uh, I was one of... I, I went with my two good friends, and there were maybe one or two other undergraduates who came semi-regularly or occasionally visited, but in general it was just us three, and it was really funny when I came back last fall when classes were in person again, and I went to church, and there was like a student row, or maybe two rows of UVA students. It was really funny because I just hadn't been used to seeing that many UVA Christian community people around Jefferson Park, even though I knew a couple, as I mentioned, graduate students who went to the church with me. So it was really funny how little overlap there was when I started going and how that overlap has increased over time. The pastor of the church has spoken at a few study center events, only one in the recent past that I'm aware of, but there, there is some connection in the community there. And one of my friends at Jefferson Park almost came to UVA and lived in the same residential program that I'm a part of. So there are certainly connections with the community. I run into the graduate students regularly at the study center. But for the most part, it's a real cool sort of overlapping but very distinct and expansive communities leading to different groups of people and different relationship trees. Because, I mean, there are so many different things that go into it, like music. I heard my sister describe the sort of modern vibe churchy music and she, she's a, she's a high-class musician herself, so I, I trust her on this. But she said that um, the music that's written for megachurch or the sort of typical non-denom, non-denominational church these days tends to be more focused on soloists and bands. So it's literally written for more performance- a more performance orientation than it is for a communal singing orientation, which is what you get with some of the more traditional hymn tunes. And so I think that can reinforce things as well as the architecture uh, and, and other things. I think you're totally right to point that out. One of my favorite things to do in church is sometimes all in the middle of a hymn, I will stop singing and close my eyes just so that I can hear all of the voices around me better. And it's really cool to just listen to a group of people who believe different things, have totally different lives, some of them may not even be Christian, and here they are singing the same words. And, you know, allowing for different singing abilities. They're singing the same tune. And that's just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. And something that I try to attune myself to is just this communal experience that is shared with other people. Because that's powerful. Bonhoeffer actually wrote arguing against anyone singing harmony in church because he believed that harmony disrupted the unison that should be present in church singing, because everyone should be singing together as with one voice. And so he really didn't care about whether you could sing on pitch or not. I think that's a really good example. One of the interesting things, though, is that UVA's overachiever culture, at the same time, has a bit of a a bit of a response from the Christian community. A lot of the time, I've found that that my Christian community like part of, part, being a part of my fellowship and such, I'm really encouraged to take care of myself and to, yes, pursue excellence, but often the focus—sometimes the focus is even just redefining excellence and how it doesn't have to be this do-everything-be-the-coolest-person. Um and I, I think that's really refreshing, though certainly there is also the current, even in Christian communities, of, oh, you need to lead a small group and you need to be on C-team or or whatever it is. So there there's a lot of things like that, for sure. I, th- I think that um, one, one thing that I notice is that people at UVA are pretty bold with their opinions, usually, and... In some ways, the Christian community often has it can often have different opinions to the to the mainstream UVA culture, and so sometimes you might see differences.
4: So my church experience since coming to UVA honestly hasn't been it hasn't been what I wished for it to be. Um, as I mentioned, I grew up in a black church, so of course I was looking for that, but I was open to you know being in other settings um kind of against worshiping with other denominations or whatever that's cool um but I feel like I have just been to a bunch of different churches that feel like they didn't fully fit who uh, who I was or who I am um you know either in terms of age like there I've been to some churches where like they're mostly are like you know older like 40 plus or race or you know I just didn't fully feel a connection and I had a really unfortunate um encounter at a church that I was at last year I was I'm was not going to say the name of the church but I was there for about um maybe about I want to say about a year I was there for about a year um and I really I was never fully into it and I I, I really thought that God had told me to go to that church now looking back you didn't but I was really trying to hold on to see, okay, maybe there's something, you know, I'm supposed to be here for. And one of the leaders when they were up to speak said something really offensive, they said that, you know, they they were white, you know, but they said that they believed that they were black. Um and they just kinda like went on on this tangent, you know, that wasn't related to God, it wasn't related to anything about how they believed that they were actually black, you know, despite them being white. And it, it just, it just really like broke my heart in a way because it was so brazen and so, you know, unapologetic. And I know that God calls us to be, you know, to to forgive and to give grace, but that's still something that I'm trying to wrestle with, even though that happened a year ago at this point, it, it's still something that like, it, it scarred me, you know, it, it was, it was traumatic to, to witness that. And to you know see the reaction and when I left another person there it felt like they had tried to weaponize God against me in my decision to leave and I just I just did not feel you know accepted I didn't feel I didn't feel seen or safe or loved or any of those things so I left and I, I was away from an organized church here for about a year after that and I now I'm going to Victory and it's this, this been a better experience. Um, I am in a small group now, predominantly minority, mostly like young 20-somethings. we are in the same place in life and it's it's been really insightful, and it's been really good. I actually just started coming consistently um, this past October. So that has been my experience, it hasn't been the best. However, I am happy that I am at a place now that I can enjoy until, you know, until and hopefully after I relocate, I am, I need to start praying, Um, but I am very hopeful that, you know, the next place that God takes me to um, finding a church won't, (laughs) won't don't be so full of trial and tribulation uh, as it has been here. But I'm very grateful, you know, that I was was able to experience those things um, and how they think because, you know, like sometimes like you think like, okay, you're overthinking these and sometimes it's like spiritual sermon. Yeah, but I felt something in the previous Sunday services you know I always felt that like somebody in the in the leadership when they would give to speak they would always find me in the congregation and like they'd be talking directly to me and they would say something about black people not nothing like offensive but they were they were always like mention like black people you know yeah. oh like black black church black choir black blah, 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 blah. and I was like I I is this are you talking to me like you know I was confused and I, I remember saying okay maybe it's just maybe it's just me that's I feel like that's how I give grace is to say like okay maybe it's just me and I remember, I sat on the opposite end of the sanctuary just to test it out, and he found me again and did the same thing. And I was like, "What is going on? Like, this is weird." And then that, then the event happened, and I was like, "All oh, right, I'm, uh, I'm gonna." And it was so funny. I know I'm still harping on this because this is the part of the story that's actually hilarious to me. So I was uh, getting ready to actually go to the church physically that day, mm-hmm. and God was like, "Do not go to the church. Stay home and watch the live stream." And I was like, God wouldn't tell me. I need to stop doing that. I was like, God would not tell me to not go to the church. He would tell me to go to the church and be with the people. And I went out the door and I forgot something. And I came back inside and God was like, stay home. And I was like, all right, all right, all right. stay home, stay home. I'm okay, all right, cool, 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 cool. Whatever's gonna happen, I'm staying home, watch the live stream. And that happened. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> God, you knew what you were doing. Wow, Won't you look at that. Uh, So that was, I mean, that's a part of the story I always laugh at because that was hilarious to me.
0: We desire for church to be can often fall short of our expectations and now then we must reckon with reality. So what happens when church doesn't go according to plan or it takes a lot longer to settle into or even where we land isn't quite the perfect fit? There is no perfect church but it's tempting to go out seeking the ideal community because that's what we long for. We long for perfection and then reality slaps us back in the face. After a bad church experience, we're forced to reckon with our desires and how they were unmet. Our emotions rise to the surface and we feel deeply. How then do we shake off the dust of our pain and continue on in hope and peace? How do our expectations adjust to what we've really seen and heard? How can we carry the good and the bad, not looking at one and overlooking the other? The conception of church is one to celebrate and be critical of. We delight in its joys of community, providing a diverse range of people to learn from. But often the church is a vehicle for prejudices and dehumanization. Instead of care being the defining aspect of the church, biases and bigotry are to be blamed. Whether you imagine a group of people reciting a creed of faith or people who throw stones after scandals, I hope you walked away with more details to fill in the picture of your mind on church. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, please share with friends. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out on LinkedIn or by email. And see you next time on When Reality Hits.